I jump every time I get that notification <laughs> that it's being recorded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that supports people navigating herpes stigma through essentially more holistic approaches that address the emotional impacts of stigma, uh, utilizing primarily the teachings of yoga to support people with navigating stigma. We also take the lived experiences of people who are living with herpes as we are on this podcast right now, and we integrate that into sex education resources and STD prevention efforts. And uh, we train healthcare providers on stigma-free communication. Uh, upcoming things, so May 23rd, uh, which is a Thursday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Central Time. We are hosting our first ever virtual conference. This is where we will be presenting the 2023 and 2024 herpes stigma data. This includes information about what treatment options people are using for their herpes outbreaks, along with how their outbreaks are. It talks about their dating life and if they've passed herpes on to other partners. So there's a lot of useful data here. Um, the main theme of the conference is that sexual health is mental health, and we will be providing a data analysis of that information. And we'll have a couple of guest speakers who are going to expand on the topic of herpes stigma. If you are a sex therapist, a mental health professional, sex educator, public health professional, nurse, or if you conduct any STI testing, you should be there. Um, I want to shout out our sponsor, the American Sexual Health Association for sponsoring the conference, um, helping us with getting a lot of the groundwork taken care of to get this thing going. Um, we've, getting, we've gotten ticket sales already. Um, the price is gonna go up after February. So please, please, please check out spfpp.org slash conferences and you will see the early bird pricing on the site. Actually, if you go to the homepage right now, like that's right there. Uh, so it'll be in your face. Um, Check out the events tab on the website and you'll see more upcoming events, uh, virtual and in person, kind of like this one. In June, uh, I think it's June 5th, we're currently planning an in-person panel discussion on herpes, disclosing the stigma in healthcare. Uh, and this will be an in-person thing that people can attend. This will be on a Wednesday evening. Uh, so the more people we can get registered beforehand, I can get more details about like exactly where, how much space we'll need, what refreshments will be provided, etc. All right. So that's it. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the monthly newsletter that has all of these updates that are about to come up uh, <laughs> listed. So without making this podcast episode, what's going on at Something Positive for Positive People, I want to let our guest today introduce herself. Carly, uh, just introduce yourself briefly, just like what you would like people to know, um, maybe where you are, some of your hobbies, what you like to do, uh, age, if you want to add that, whatever you want to share. Okay, thank you. Um, first, I just want to say thank you for having me and having this platform to speak and share our stories because I do think it is important to put faces to herpes. Um, my name is Carly. I am 29 from Seattle, Washington. Um, yeah, I, one of my main hobby is traveling. Um, I call it it's half my identity, but uh, that's my biggest hobby. And then also being a herpes advocate is a newfound passion for me so 
those are kind of the two big things about me right now, at least. Yeah, so on your Instagram that you do a lot of traveling, you're about to go see gorillas. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I just booked the tickets to Uganda last night. So that's my, I turned 30 in March. And so that is my birthday gift to myself. Amazing. Well, happy early birthday. Thank Uh, you. thank you for coming here and celebrating, I guess, <laughs> a little bit of that with us. Now, you mentioned some herpes advocacy, and I'm curious to know, like, what What started you in wanting to go into that? Yeah, so just a little bit of background of how I even got herpes. Um, I my whole life, I kind of considered myself proactive with sexual health. You know, I did everything they tell you you're supposed to do. So I would get regularly tested, use condoms, talk to my partners. And when I would go get tested, I'd say, you know, test me for everything. And my doctor is like, okay. And then I would see the negative results and call it good. So kind of a shock last June when I get a random bump down there and then get a go to urgent care and they swab it and it test positive for HSV2 for genital herpes. And it just like rocked my world because I didn't understand how this could happen. My boyfriend at the time tested negative. And so I went through all of my... Uh, STI, STD panels for the past 10 plus years and not once did they ever test me for herpes and not once did they ever tell me that it was not included and so it kind of just rocked my world and at the time I had a boyfriend who was supportive and so I didn't really process having herpes because I do think one of the biggest um, concerns when we first get diagnosed is my life's over. No one's going to love me. You know, no, I'm never going to be with anyone. No one's going to want to touch me. And at the time I had a boyfriend who was like, it's, it's fine. Like we're going to go through way bigger things. And so I didn't really take any time to process it. Cause I had, I had someone. So I was like, okay, this is great. So then my second blindsided is when I got broken up with three months later. And at that time, it was then now I had to process a devastating breakup and process having herpes at the same time and finally go through those feelings. And it was like the lowest point of my life. I had never had suicidal thoughts before that time. And I just was in such a negative, dark place. And I remember in one of my breakdown moments, I remember kind of having this like, epiphany or I don't know like spiritual moment I guess of just like I have I have a purpose in this like I remember hearing these words like you have work to do and I knew it was around advocacy because I'd kind of been looking at it a little bit but didn't care enough because I had a boyfriend and so then I just kind of poured everything into advocacy on all ends. And it really has helped me heal a lot. And just like putting, you know, I wanted, I don't want herpes to just happen to me. I didn't want to just let it, like I have herpes and let that be the end. I wanted to use it to make an impact and do something good with this unfortunate diagnosis that I got. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. How long ago were you diagnosed again? So June of last year, so only like seven-ish months ago. Okay. What did your advocacy look like when you went into it? 
Um, initially, so I found a different organization, um, the Herpes Cure Advocacy Group, who they focus more on the scientific medical advocacy of it. And so initially, it just started with sending emails to like the NIH and the CDC and the FDA. And then as it evolved, and I guess I'll back up a little bit. One thing that really helped me with the advocacy was telling my support system that I have herpes. So I didn't tell anyone initially. My boyfriend knew and like a coworker knew. And then once I got broken up with, I just told my friends, I told my family, I told my coworkers. And it was one of the most freeing things I ever could have done for myself because nothing changed. And it was such an aha moment of like, oh, like these people still love me. None of them are judging me. None of them are afraid to touch me. And they just like covered me in like love and support. And I think that is what helped me even further the advocacy. So then I decided I'm just going to go public about it. And I created a TikTok for it. And so it just, it's kind of evolved in my, my thought process with advocacy is any opportunity that comes up. I'm going to take it and like, like this opportunity here. And I just, I think advocacy has to come from all sides. Like we have to have the mental health aspect and the destigmatization and education and awareness, but we also should be advocating the scientific community. Like, why don't we have better treatment after 40 years? So it's kind of evolved and it keeps evolving. And I just like, I just want to do anything and everything that I can um, to know that I am doing my part in changing herpes stigma. Yeah. And you and I met on Reddit, right? Yes. Yes. So what did your advocacy on Reddit look like? Was it just responding to posts that people make or what? Yeah. So it definitely is responding to posts um, because one thing I learned, a lot of people just don't know, A, they don't know much about herpes, but then they also don't know about what is going on in the science community regarding vaccines and better treatments and cures. And so a lot of it is that, but then I also make posts encouraging other people to advocate because I also think there is a lot of ways you can advocate, whether it's publicly, anonymously, you know, social media wise, fundraising, there's so many ways you can go about advocacy. And so um, sometimes I share my story of advocacy. Like I met with um, one of my state senators, health policy advisors, you know, asking for a meeting and talking about herpes and like why, you know, we should have more policy around it and, you know, trying to show the importance of taking herpes seriously. And so I share that in the Reddit communities of just like, it only took 30 minutes out of my day, you know, and telling a random person I'm never going to meet that I have herpes and sharing my story. I don't really consider that coming out because, you know, no, no, no one in my life will know that happened unless I tell them. And so, yeah, I just like encourage people and then just try to educate also on Reddit. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. It's amazing mm -hmm. that we see so many different ways for people to get involved because mm -hmm. as you might've experienced upon your diagnosis that you didn't really see ways that were comfortable for you to get involved, especially so newly into your diagnosis mm -hmm. and for you to have the urge to provide support to other people, you know, that healing others is also yeah. healing mm -hmm. us, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
when people hear the word advocate, I think they believe that they have to put their face out there and they got to yep. go out and knock on doors and post that they have herpes. No, advocacy right. is like just being supportive in the communities that exist. Mm -hmm. There's much advocacy going on and support that's happening that yeah. we will never hear about that will never come across but people who are behind that advocacy are extremely passionate and purpose driven behind that so right. anybody can advocate without being an advocate so to right speak. absolutely and i think like i see many even like anonymous social media accounts pop up where they don't have it doesn't show a face it doesn't say a name other than like herpes something and then they just share information or they comment on other people's posts educating and you know that's a small way but it's an impactful way i think any amount of ad advocacy can be hugely impactful and it only takes a couple minutes out of your day if you want it to Right. And there's so many ways to go about it. And with something positive for positive people, I think one thing that we do is we curate the stories of people and mm -hmm. each guest has done their own individual contribution to the advocacy that's coming through here because mm -hmm. we have podcast episodes that we have representation for what it looks like on the other side of a herpes diagnosis when a person's diagnosed, they don't right. know looks like so mm -hmm. it, just minimizing the psychological effects of stigma within ourselves we're yeah. able to make other things a priority that mm -hmm. aren't a herpes stigma so that we can decide how we'd like to move forward maybe it is just not doing anything at all maybe your advocacy just looks like sharing your status with potential partners maybe right sharing with a friend maybe it looks like going into uh the communities and just extending support maybe it looks like getting your healthcare provider when you have a conversation with them about you know what why you don't know more about herpes why don't more people know about this right so yeah this this is really good to hear that there are other ways that people can navigate like I even look at you being willing to show your face so you're one of the first people that I'm interviewing um who isn't already open like openly known at least about mm -hmm. or uh, having their herpes status and your willingness to come on here and let the entire internet see your face you know that is really that excites me for what's to come in the future because the more of this we get the less herpes is attached to people and the more people are attached to herpes and what i mean by that is you know you see a person no matter what that person's accomplishments are if you find out they have herpes now all of a sudden you start to associate them with anyone you know or anything you've heard about herpes which is usually not it's usually misinformation so by this even what we're doing is we're not just putting a voice and a face to uh, what it means to have herpes, but we're putting personality and character and values mm -hmm. and these intangible aspects of what a human is to this virus so that as people become diagnosed and they stumble across this podcast and they're able to see, oh, these people are putting their faces out there mm -hmm. and or people who are talking about it that's some of the most healing stuff that we can do being on this edge of and, and it's very provocative right because we want to 
the risk of people who don't know us finding out what our herpes status is. But what people don't understand is that there's not really a risk associated with that. Have you experienced any negativity, judgment, or just any poor behavior towards you since being open about your diagnosis? Not really on it. And that was like one of the most shocking things and what has actually encouraged me to continue advocacy because I really haven't experienced anything negative. On TikTok, I might get a couple comments here and there of like, why are we, why are we even talking about this? I'm like, that's exactly why, because we don't talk about it. Um, but you know, as I said, like when the, my whole family and friends and coworkers, when they were just like, oh, okay. And then I educated them about it and nothing changed. Like they don't look at me differently, like nothing. Like that was like such an aha of like, okay. And so then moving forward, the way I saw it is like, if anybody does have negative reactions towards it, I don't know them. So I have my core people that still support me and love me. Like I care about their opinion. And their opinion of me didn't change. So now moving forward, like, I don't really care what some random person in Oklahoma thinks of me, you know? And so that has really helped me um, a lot with advocacy. But I also just haven't experienced that either. Even, you know, I am on the dating apps, not to seriously date because I'm very much not ready for that, but more so... I just wanted to see, okay, what is this going to look like now? Now that I do have to disclose, like, what am I going to get matches? And so I actually put it right in my dating bio. And it has another aha, like, nothing has really changed differently. <laughs> you know, I might get a few less matches or different matches, but I get plenty of people that say, hey, I have herpes too. I get plenty, plenty of people that say, they don't care or they have dated someone with herpes or I get people that are just curious and want to know more. And so even in the dating world, I haven't really come across negative reactions. Can I ask you a question about that? So yes, I wonder if being on a dating app and putting your herpes status on your page, mm -hmm. the people who say me too, right? Mm -hmm. I often wonder if they would have matched with me yep. had not had my status on there what are your thoughts about that before I, I no I I know exactly what you're talking about and I always wonder that too um but it's one of those you'll never know right like and yeah there are a couple that I'm like would you even mention that if I had said anything you know and I I'm sure most of them or a big portion of them have cold sores and haven't said anything right like Sure, a lot of them don't even realize or think of that, associate that to herpes. But yeah, there's definitely been a few that start the conversation with, hey, I have HSV too. And then I'm like, okay, but would you have said that otherwise? But for me, you know, disclosure is such another big topic in the herpes community of how to do it, when to do it, what to say. And for me, that's just what works best because it takes away the anxiety of when do I have to do it later down the road. Yes. So if anyone is curious about herpes disclosure, please check out podcast episode 299. How do I disclose my herpes status? That's a good one because it comes with the framework for how to have the conversation as well as when to have the conversation as well. Um, yeah. So I matched with someone on a dating app 
and told her what I do. And because the conversation has to come up fast. Right. <laughs> and I don't think herpes was in my profile at the time, but I had to disclose if we were going to be meeting mm -hmm. up. And she disappeared. The conversation went on for a bit. I let her know what I did and she disappeared. She disappeared for, I want to say almost a year. And wow. then I got back, like, like I was on the app and I guess she got back on the app and she matched with me. I was like, damn, this girl looks familiar. And it turns out it was the same person. She was like, hey, you might not remember me, but we matched. And you like, I'm so grateful for the work that you do. She had gotten diagnosed with herpes and got off the apps. And she had to like tell partners and she was really mm -hmm. time. And this is actually kind of a common story. This isn't the only time that something like this has happened. But uh, she came back and she was just like, oh, thank you. I was like, oh, OK, I'm glad that worked out for you. So it sounds like you're just saying thank you. And I was just kind of leaving her alone. No, actually, I was interested. I just, this happened. I was overwhelmed, disconnected, stayed within mm -hmm. her. And she just took time to go through whatever her healing process was. Mm -hmm. So looking at that, like, I, I still wonder, you know, in the back of my mind, like, is this because now we both have herpes or right, you only you only want to talk to me now because I have it too <laughs> yeah and yeah. that I I don't know how common that is for people to think about because maybe it's something that crosses my mind because I date outside my status what do we call this inter inter statual dating I don't know but I don't know either <laughs> I'll date people who don't have herpes and I've dated people and date people who do have herpes. So in going through the process of looking at, you know, the matches when your status is on your profile or when you reveal it later, you know, I, I played around with it with mm -hmm. trying to identify what made, you know, the most sense. And <laughs> It's funny because I've matched with people who like have listened to the podcast and some people like won't tell me right away. And <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that they did that because I think that I'll view people and the situations a little bit differently had they mm -hmm. been, oh yeah, I know who you are. I listen to your podcast. Let right. want to do this, want to hang out. <laughs> yeah. Like make me like make me like feel like I'm giving you that information. Right. But anyway, that's that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah. Um with the disclosing your status on your profile, I know that there are people who are extremely paranoid about the wrong person finding out. And what I've experienced mm -hmm. is that anyone who cares is just going to swipe away from it. I right. won't know. I won't receive any of that. I'll only receive curiosity or uh, mutual uh, mm -hmm. status or share yeah. interest in that. Yep, that's kind of been my experience. I will say I do get matches where they clearly didn't read my bio first because then I get unmatched pretty quickly. <laughs> but for me, like I don't even the biggest thing to me that I knew I wasn't like mentally ready with yet is to build a connection, disclose and then get rejected after that. And so I just knew for me, I just wanted to put it out there. So there was like I didn't have to decide when is the right time, like, how should I do it? And yeah, like, I've still been rejected for things not related to herpes. So like, you know, it doesn't. Can we talk about someone, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, can we can we talk about the other things that we're rejected for that we want to blame herpes on? What what are some right. of the things that you've been rejected for? Yeah. So one, so this person also had herpes and we, we were talking and then we started talking about what we do for work. And so I am a records clerk for a local to police department. So like a glorified receptionist, I handle a lot of paperwork, but, um, after that he unmatched me and I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> wait, 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 you're in Seattle, right? So yeah. was it Seattle, Portland? Um, that I I guess like I don't I'm in Portland so this yeah. region like in Portland if you have any association with cops the general population is oh I can't date you but right. I don't know if it's like from an advocacy perspective or if it's like that person probably does things that your role yeah I, <laughs> I don't know I mean all again I have no idea what he thought of that because he just unmatched me immediately but it is it is something that I, like, I actually, this is interesting that we're talking about. I'd rather tell someone I have herpes immediately than tell them what I do for work immediately because it, because people are very polarized on that topic, you know? And so I do hesitate to tell people on dating apps what I do immediately, but it's now that we're talking about, it, I'm like, oh, that's interesting and almost comical that I'd rather just tell someone I have herpes first. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, how has your, well, you're so newly diagnosed. I'm very impressed with how soon uh, and willing you've been to come on here and share your experience. Because for some people, like, they're not at a good place to talk about it, or they think that their story is not worth telling at the point they're at. Mm -hmm. uh, so where are you now mentally, emotionally? Like, what? how are you feeling? Uh, it depends on the day, honestly. And it's hard because I'm not, the breakup is the worst part of it for me. Like that is where I'm still struggling a lot. But then most of the time with herpes, I'm okay-ish, I suppose. There are days I wake up, and I'm definitely like, this is still my reality. This is not a bad dream. Like this is still, I still have herpes. Okay. But again, like I just can't talk about advocacy enough. Like it literally saved me, I feel. And just have, have like the way, you know, I say herpes is not a death sentence, but it is a life sentence. And what am I going to do with that? Right. Like, you know, I have this, what am I going to do with this now? And for me, it just, I needed to do something like bigger than myself and to like, feel like I am doing something good with this diagnosis that I do not want and can't change. And so I think that, you know, as maybe kind of morbid or mic drop as that sentence is like, it is true. Right. And we need to acknowledge that. And to me, that is a big deal in and of itself. And that is why we should be advocating on all, all sides of it. Yeah. Um, I thought that, that was really interesting that you said herpes is a life sentence and mm -hmm. the on that, um, like what I'm hearing is no, you don't, your days aren't numbered. Like it's right. more realization that <laughs> your days aren't numbered and, mm -hmm don't know how many days you have left but this is going to be your your little uh companion right like right right this yeah 
this this is your life right now and maybe one day there will be a cure vaccine or even better treatments but we can't bank on that and so that is like why I advocate because I would love for this not to be a life sentence but it is and so what am I going to do with that now Yeah. You made me think about this. So what would you do if you were to have cured yourself? If you're able to cure herpes, like what would your life look like differently? What would you be doing right now instead of this podcast interview? Um, well, I wouldn't be advocating if I had it. And that, that is an interesting point, right? Because, you know, I think a cure is very much part of the mental aspects and the psychological. Like, I don't want to, I want a cure because mentally I don't want to have herpes. And that is still very much something I'm still trying to work through with, like, I guess, acceptance as you will. Like, I accept I have herpes, but I don't want herpes. Like, I don't want this in my body and so trying to like I don't know mentally process that is still a struggle for me some days and but yeah technically I probably would just be like watching tv if I had a cure right I just wouldn't be you know like I do think I dating would be I don't want to say easier because dating just I was, sucks I was regardless you say I knew it I knew you were gonna say easier but that's not the right word. I think it would just be one less thing I have to worry about with dating. Well, you let, know? Me, let, me, let me ask you this though. So in challenging, mm -hmm. having mm -hmm. her, your person is either going to be okay with you having it or they're going to also have it. Right. Right. If you don't have herpes, that's one screening that's not there because you got in the relationship with someone, you had herpes and mm -hmm. they found out herpes not to say that this had anything to do with the relationship ending but three months after making that discovery the relationship ended and mm -hmm. was it because of herpes or was it other things related and you don't have to go into detail if you don't want to I mean your guess is as good as mine honestly <laughs> but he claims it's not and whether or not it was like the determining factor it played a part there's no way it didn't play a part in the ending of that relationship so um, but I do agree, like, herpes is a great tool to weed out, like, people that are not worth your time, for sure. Yeah. So I get that part, absolutely. You travel a lot. So do you have any experiences with outbreaks as a result of climate changing, uh, jet lag, anything you like know, that? So I don't. I actually have only ever had that one outbreak that I got, um, diagnosed with and it's so crazy because so this is the other thing right I actually have, I have no idea who gave it to me no idea how long I've had it if we are to believe the blood blood tests are accurate and the past few um, relationships I've had who have tested all negative then I've had this for like six plus years but those tests could be unreliable but what's crazy is I've never had any inkling of like a prodrome symptom or anything and even after you know all the like common symptoms they say of like um the sun exposure or the like I am a walking ball of stress especially during that breakup like I you would have thought I would have had an outbreak for all from all of that and nothing I haven't had a single symptom since that initial outbreak so I'm very fortunate for that but it hasn't like traveling hasn't affected it at all That's good. That's good. Um, a lot of people jump into 
responding in a way that other people say they need to do or start avoiding the things that another person says to avoid. So like hearing this podcast, you might've just opened up somebody's world and being able to travel without that fear. I hope so. I encourage travel. Definitely like traveling, I think is one of the best things we can do for ourselves because you learn about other people, cultures, even just like going, you know, I had a goal of visiting all 50 states before I turned 30 and I accomplished that goal last fall. But just learning, you know, what life is like in Georgia versus Wisconsin versus California, right? Like it's all beneficial knowledge for us. And just, I feel like we grow as people when we travel. So I definitely encourage all the traveling. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Uh, so when you're traveling, are, how do you date? It seems like you travel a lot. Uh, do you bring your dates with you or your relationship partner with you? Or do you date while you travel? Like, what does dating actually look like for you? Yeah, so I actually have never traveled with a significant other before. Um, And I will say prior to this last relationship, I was single for about two plus years. So I, but I traveled a lot last year while I was dating that person. And um, we just made it work, honestly. Um, He was fine with me being gone and I made sure I did ask initially I was like I have a lot of trips planned (laughs) is that gonna be a problem he's like no as long as you don't expect me to go with you I was like great because I definitely don't (laughs) that that works out yeah okay Mm -hmm. so yeah it hasn't really been an issue I don't I don't um like date like when I travel like I don't meet up with people when I travel into different places because stranger danger is a thing for me (laughs) But <laughs> cool. Um, so as we talk through, just you mentioned the suicide component, uh, mm-hmm. and I'd like to touch more on that. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you've never been suicidal at all before, never had those mm-hmm. thoughts. Uh, what were some of the thoughts that you were having, especially being in a relationship? Uh, Mm -hmm. so you got diagnosed in the relationship. You didn't have these suicidal thoughts. Right. But when the relationship ended, that's when they began. Yep. Yep. And I remember, and I won't say I didn't have like, um, like a plan. Like I didn't do anything like that, but I just was, I very much got to the point of what is the point? Like, what does it matter if I were to die tomorrow versus 40 years from now? Like, what's the difference? And that is I mean I actually still have that viewpoint sometimes right now but um right at th- when we he first broke up with me I was pet sitting for someone and like just so so overcome with emotion and depressed and it's the farthest I've ever gotten as far as su- suicidal thoughts but I was like I know where they have a gun and that was just and it freaked me out that I even got to like that thought of like oh, if I could, I know where that gun is. Like, I know what to do. And it just devastated me because I don't want to be that person. Like, I've never been that person. And it also in, like, maybe, like, a shameful way, like, am I really going to be that upset over a guy? Like, I hated that part of it, too, of, like, I'm letting a person do this to me and, like, get me into such a negative headspace. And so that was kind of, like the extent of the suicidal thoughts it was more of just like what's the point like 
like what what does it matter if I am alive or not? Um, I appreciate you going there and sharing those thoughts with me, with us and everybody who's going to mm -hmm. be listening to this. Uh, that's hard. Um, mm -hmm. That's very challenging to have to deal with. And you mentioned uh, not telling anyone when you were diagnosed, but when it got to that point, were you mm -hmm. telling people more that you were devastated about the breakup or were you telling them, I have herpes and I, this is devastating or a combination of things? Like, how did you tell people around you? It was a combination because I'm very much the kind of person like I'm going to tell you the full story. I'm not just going to give you bits and pieces. And I felt like to tell this, uh, the breakup, how we got to that point, I felt like I had to talk about the hurt. Like, because it was, you know, they talk about a catalyst in relationships. And that was definitely a catalyst for us. Even though we stayed together, it definitely changed the dynamic slightly. And so I just felt like I had to explain to everyone, or I, ch I didn't have to, I chose to explain to everyone the full story. Um, and that did help 100%, like just having that community and connection with people. Because there were people that um, one friend was like, oh, I have HSV too also. And another few other people were like, oh, I get cold sores. And so it was like, oh, okay. Like even my close friend, like I'm not, I'm not entirely alone here. I still have to process and deal with this like mentally alone, but like I do have people and like they were my lifeline and they, you know, I had a cousin, I was like texting. I was like, I'm just really depressed and sad. And later that day, she just showed up at my house with flowers and junk food and just like spent a few hours with me. Just, she was like, oh, I was concerned. So I wanted to make sure that you were like alive. <laughs> but like, that's what I needed. Like people to just like show up and just like smother me with love. <laughs> and these are people who have known you, who you know. Uh, mm -hmm. I tell people, you know, when they reach out to me, I'm very safe. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm about having herpes. I have herpes. So telling me the story uh, without that fear of judgment, mm -hmm. you know, I still not talk to a person and that won't hurt as much as opening up to a person that, you know, and then them treating them differently. And I recognize that, but also the reward that you get mm -hmm. from a person and them not looking at you differently is yeah. far greater than mm -hmm talking to me and me telling you hey I don't look at you any different than I did when I first saw the, the notification that you reached out to me <laughs> there's no equal value there so like me being as low risk as I am to disclose to relatives uh friends you know that the greater the risk the greater the reward like you had someone your like your cousin show up physically mm -hmm. Or any, I don't know where none of y'all live, you know, right. <laughs> or right. I can't do that. So we really have the potential for giving people an opportunity to show up for us in the way that they know us and yep. are able to show up for us in that way. It is very much validating to our identities mm -hmm. to be able to share with people who know us and can validate who we were prior to us receiving our diagnosis and that is just the most beautiful thing that you can have like that that vulnerability that connectedness with another person like we really need that it is and I do and that's the whole other like topic I could talk about of as you just mentioned the vulnerability is what creates connection right and like 
in our society, we are just conditioned to not talk about the hard stuff, even separate from herpes, even just like talking about depression, right? Like we don't really talk about that. And, you know, I started at work, people would be like, how are you doing? And I just started saying like, I'm not good. I'm not okay. Cause I'm not, and I can't even fake it. I'm like crying at work. So they, you know, but we're so conditioned to say, I'm good. How are you? Like that creates no connection because it's not real. And so I just decided like, I'm not going to pretend I'm okay because I'm so not okay. And so then my coworkers rallied behind me and like, you know, my boss would like call me in and be like, do you need to just cry? Like we can cry together if that's what you need. Like, you know, just very supportive in every way, like in the way people knew how. And yeah, I think it's scary to tell people that, you know, you have herpes and not everyone might not be supportive. And that is the risk that you have. But the, like, as you said, the reward of people just like loving you and being like, okay, how are we, how are we going to help you get through this? Like, it's so beneficial and so huge. Yeah. And on the something positive for positive people survey, one of the questions is who would you least want to know your herpes status and coworkers is at this point in time at at the leading in (laughs) who don't want to know so you come in here and saying like <laughs> you're supported by your co-workers yeah to, i think these people who are taking this survey have a job that they don't <laughs> emotionally safe at or that yeah you know, just a one-off circumstance right and i i will say i'm very fortunate and i i will preface not every single one of my co-workers knows right but my core group of people that i work with like they know and you know Another thing that's been really helpful is a good portion of them are super supportive of my advocacy too. And so that's encouraging. Like I have a coworker, she's like, how's it going? Like, what have you done lately? Like what's, you know, going on with TikTok or whatever, how's the meeting going? And like, that's been helpful because it gives me an outlet to talk about it with my community, like my support group too, rather than just like having this part of me that I feel like I have to hide from people so that's been really helpful as well yeah that's beautiful um thank you thank you for sharing all of this with us so far um I know I have you for an hour and I added 15 minutes (laughs) just in case but I want to sure that you're able to plug any of your advocacy efforts and if there's anything that you have going on right now that you're working on and that maybe you want the something positive for positive people community to know about and get involved with oh um thank you uh it's i'm still just navigating my advocacy as i mentioned i do a lot of advocacy with herpes cure advocacy and they are a nonprofit with the goal of um my gosh what's the right word verbiage um for they're advocating for better vaccines treatments and cures so they're very much the medical scientific approach of advocacy and that's really um a huge part of my advocacy with um meeting with the state senator rep representatives and then i do have a tiktok <laughs> it's carly hsv advocate i have a small following <laughs> 
but that's been cool too because I don't have a large following but people still reach out and are like thank you so much or they have questions I'm like that is what is so important to me is like if I help one person it is worth it because I don't want people to be blindsided the way I was that was so devastating Well, yeah, I think that all of the combined advocacy efforts that exist and run together are all supporting one another. It's just Mm -hmm. a machine that the gears are turning. And the more that we're able to continue to uplift and support each other, the more progress someone can make and Mm -hmm. bring someone else in and be able to continue to support the ongoing efforts. Um, What... Yeah, I, I, so the TikTok is Carly, HSV Advocate, and that's Carly with a K? Yes, Carly with a K and a Y. <laughs> and a Y. All right. What, how else do people spell it? Like I? Um, I never get people spelling it correctly. It's either I-E-E-E-I or E-Y or with a C. So it's K-A-R-L-Y. <laughs> All right. I've only seen it this there's like one exception where it's two E's, but I've only seen it with a K or a C, and then it's spelled the way yours is A-R-L-Y. All right. <laughs> cool. Is there anything else you want to leave us with before I let you go? Um, no, just thank you so much for having me, and I really hope this benefited somebody that listens to it. So. Absolutely, it will. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. All right, y'all, that concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, share, subscribe to this podcast and go to the Something Positive for Positive People website. It's spfpp.org. There have been a lot of renovations to it. You will see what our offerings are. We have the yoga classes. Uh, March 1st, we're starting a cohort of uh, 20 total yoga classes where we're using restorative yoga and meditation techniques integrated with David R. Hawkins philosophy on letting go. So we're going to be learning to become aware of and release emotions that are interconnected with stigma. So this is available to something positive for positive people members at spfpp.org slash yoga, fill out the intake form and then become a member and you're all good to go. Um, The schedule is not out yet because I'm taking people's schedules into consideration for when we'll record the live classes. And if you can't make the live ones, the recordings will be available to you as well. Uh, We've got the conference May 23rd, sponsored by the American Sexual Health Association. Come join us. We have four uh, presentations that are going to be on herpes stigma in healthcare, in mental health. Uh, we'll speak to some of the symptoms of stigma and then we'll get into the data analysis of the HSV survey. So join us, tell people about it, get people there. Uh, that's really all I got. And check out the events tab for upcoming workshops and events and happenings that are uh, on the table. We are looking for sponsors still for the conference. It's in May, so we've got plenty of time to uh, run a campaign uh, to support our sponsors and thank them for giving us money to do what we're doing through the conference and supporting our efforts. In addition to that, uh, we're seeking sponsors for an upcoming workshop series, 10 workshops. Uh, the post is on my page at Courtney Courtney Brame underscore on Instagram. And I'm looking for people who want to host some of these workshops. Now, I'm not just going to be taking no anybody for these. So uh, I'm reaching out to my networking community and seeing who wants to take part in this first. Um, but if you catch a glimpse and you're curious or you want to get involved with that, please don't hesitate to reach out. All right. 
Till next time.